You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. You're joining us for the first time. You're coming at the tail end of our All In Missions Month. And so we've been talking for a month. We've had um, people from Arizona Foster Kids, a heart encouragement ministry to uh, cancer cancer care. We've had uh, Dana Bridget were here last week talking about uh, Banner Church Bangkok, which is uh, the church that's being relaunched in Bangkok, Thailand, and uh, the SEAL ministry that's um, helping those uh, trapped in sex trafficking in Bangkok, Thailand. And so we've been talking about all this kind of stuff. And so this morning, well, last week, you should have got one of these cards if you were here. Um, And we've been talking about them for four weeks. So if you haven't been here for the whole month, don't come up to me after this service and say, the church only ever talks about money. It's like, yeah, well, you weren't here, so you don't know. (laughs) We talk about a lot of awesome things and that God is doing. And basically, the all-in missions initiative that we've been talking about, just hold that card. Don't got to fill it out or do anything with it. We've been giving you these cards to take home and pray because this is is all the Lord's thing and what we're believing he's going to do is the all-in missions initiative is all our belief to increase um, our giving to, to all these incredible opportunities that we have as a church. And now none of this money stays here. It doesn't go to me. It doesn't, doesn't affect any of that. It purely goes out to what, what God's doing in all those places. So everyone with me? So don't, don't come after and, you know, try to look at my, I don't have a nice car. I have like an old used Ford Escape. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it's like, I like it. It's nice. Um, but, but I say that to say that God's doing some really cool things. And again, the All In Missions Initiative, and I, and I hope you've been listening to the messages or going online. And if you were at Vision Night, uh, how many of you guys were at Vision Night? On, yeah, it was awesome. So uh, what we've been talking about is really what God's doing. And so I'm going to explain that card in a second, but just hold on to it and, or if you brought yours from last week, awesome. Um, but we have really, really, really something cool that God's doing here. If this is your first time at Banner Church, uh, we're blessed, honestly, as a church by by just the incredible generosity of this church and um, by the generosity first and foremost of the Lord. And so what God has done through this church of missions is absolutely incredible. And we have a $25,000 missions goal this year. That's what we want to give as a church of missions this year. I mean, again, it's just, it's all, it all goes out. And I I can't stress that enough to what God is doing, what God is doing in the field. And it's absolutely amazing. So I think we support now 26 missionaries, um, you know, thousands of dollars, a couple churches, two churches in Nepal, five missionaries just in the Arab world alone. I mean, it's just crazy. We're going to send Marissa here in a little while as well out there, and it's just fantastic what God's doing. So um, I'm going to share with you this morning something that's really near and dear into my heart when it comes to All In. But before we do that, I want to announce somebody. Uh, I want to announce um, that we uh, hired part-time uh, Sydney of the fabulous Sydney and Christian. And I don't know if you guys know this couple. Uh, she's uh, on our vision card. We put that we are looking for uh, a bookkeeper, a part-time bookkeeper who can really help us um, be incredibly organized financially and all these kind of things. And it was like just literally like the same day that was happening. And so I was like, do I announce it now or like when? But I printed the cards before, so I thought we'd give it a week. So it didn't seem like that was a that was like a fake thing on the vision card. <laughs> like this is real. Uh, but honestly, if you guys have have not had the privilege to meet this couple. It was just such a faithful couple in our church. 
And just since the moment I got here, they serve. And I, I knew that, they're, that Sydney's one of my favorite people. I love Christian too, but we hired her, so I'm talking about her. Um, uh, I knew she was one of my favorite people when she told me the tiles are dirty in the, and in the lobby. And I was like, okay, because, I mean, I don't know. That's pretty normal for me. People just complain to me about things. Um, it's like, okay, neat. <laughs> and, I, and I come in, and she's on her knees with a scrub brush and, like, a bucket on her day off. Came in on a Saturday. And, like, her and some people and Ningen and Christian, they're, like, scrubbing by hand each tile. Have you seen the tile? You get vertigo if you stare at that tile too long. And she spent, like, six hours scrubbing that tile so it could look nice and clean. So uh, I, if you want to work here, that's the kind of person you got to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but we love you. Can we give it up for her? We're just so thankful. Such a blessing. So incredible. Well, hey, this morning, I want to talk to you guys about seeds. Um, I, if you come to the church while, you know that I'm trying to learn how to be a gardener in Arizona, and it's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> If you follow gardeners in Arizona, there's, you can actually grow all year round if you're strategic about it. Um, there's a big push locally for conserving rainwater in monsoon season. Anyways, that's a whole nother talk. Um, conservation is important. Um, but anyways, uh, but this morning I want to talk about seeds because I, I think the example of a seed is so important in what we're doing here as a church. And so um, I was going to bring you a plant, but I forgot it. So uh, my caring dad went out to Lowe's and bought this tomato plant because my mom is going to plant it anyways. Um, but th this is kind of like end goal, right? There's, um, if you guys can see the yellow flower, it's going to get some, he picked a good one. This is hardy. I think there's already some things starting. This is this is harvest. On the other side is this, and I'm going to open this here without spilling them all. We'll see how that goes. This on the other side is a seed. Now, this is a pumpkin seed, so it won't make that, but it visually, a tomato seed is even smaller, so i got to get something big. Y'all can see it. Can you see that? Yeah? Barely, exactly. It, it, it's so small. And what's interesting is if you're a farmer or a planter or something and you're going to plant, when you hold this seed, you hold something valuable, right? If you were to kind of like get, you know, mentally get into your overalls and, and think about farming, I'm not a farmer, so I kind of had to get there a little bit. But when I think of seeds, I think this is valuable, this tiny little seed. This tiny little seed is valuable, and I can control it right here in my hand, right? Like I own it, I possess it, it's mine, it's in my power. I could just eat it right now if I want, right? I mean, it, it, it's mine. And and the reality is, even though this is tangible, and if I ate it, it would provide me a very small amount of nutrients, and if I wanted to feed my family with it, we could cut it up into tinier, even tinier pieces, this isn't really its end game, right? This can't sustain for very long, right? If I tried to feed Lucy on this, she would look at me like I'm crazy and probably ask for McDonald's or something, but... <laughs> But there's a really key with every seed is, yeah, sure, this could sustain you. And there's enough pumpkin seeds you could really get down if you were desperate. Um, they're raw, so don't do that. Um, if there's like a teenager in here, don't come eat these after I'm done with this. <laughs> Drink the communion cups and eat the pumpkin seeds. That's a classic teenager thing. Um, but this, this could sustain you for a little bit, but it doesn't have long-term sustenance. What do you need to do with this in order for it to be worth anything? What was that? 
yeah, you got a plant here, right? Is that seeds come in all shapes and sizes. I planted some basil seeds recently, and they're so small. I mean, if I held it up, you couldn't even see it. It's so tiny. But you have to plant it. That's its function. Sure, it can provide you sustenance right now, this little seed. I mean, it has some value to it. But you're supposed to plant it, right? In order for a seed to function, it has to plant, be planted. But think with me for a second this morning about planting. Here's, here's how planting works if you're a farmer. I'm going to take my seed, something I have in my hand that I know that I can control, that I, that I possess, I can see it, right? It, it, it is my, this thing of value I have. This is like the future food for my family. I have it in my hand. But here's a scary moment as a planter is I take this thing that I see and I know and I can control and I put it in the dirt and I bury it. And when I put it in the dirt, it doesn't mean I stop caring for it, but it means I now have no control over it, right? I've buried it. I've laid it down. I've put it in the ground. I don't know if it's going to burst forth and bring life and all these yay, yummy pumpkins or tomatoes. I don't know if it's ever going to get here, but it definitely will never get here if I don't put it in the ground, right? If I take this seed and I hold onto it as tight as I can in my hand, a pumpkin or a tomato or whatever will never grow. It will never happen. As tight as I hold it, I could, I could dissect this seed. I could read a thousand books about this seed. I could tell everyone I know about this seed. But it's not going to do anything until I put it in the ground. But the scary thing for us is when I put the seed in the ground, I'm taking something that's precious to me, but that I can also control and know and see. And I'm putting it somewhere that I can't control and I can't know and I can't see. And I have to have faith. Right, that's why farmers pray. It's because they're taking bags of seed, which took all their harvest money to buy, and they're buying this bag of seed, and then they're taking what is so precious and life-giving, and what are they doing with it? They're putting it into the dirt. They don't store it in a bank. They're putting it right into the ground. And so farming takes two things. Planting takes two things. It takes faith, and it takes sacrifice. When you plant a garden, you have to sacrifice that seed that you worked so hard to get. You got to put it back in the dirt and lose sight of it and just, just water dirt and just water nothing and believe that in its season, it's going to come. It's going gonna, it's gonna to burst forth. It's going to bring life. Farming takes faith. It takes sacrifice. I got to have sacrifice, take something precious and put it in the ground and believe and faith to believe that it's going to spring forth. Are you with me this morning? Here's the funny thing when it comes to seeds. I've yet to find a seed, and I'm not very experienced, so the metaphor could break down if you're a botanist. Um, <laughs> I've yet to find a seed you can half bury. I've only ever found seeds, and there might be one out there, and you might be like, well, you know, a cordedetta orchid, you can, I don't know. Well, you're a nerd, so. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> You can't half bury a seed. You got a full bury a seed right under the dirt. You cannot see it. You cannot touch it. You cannot dig around it to make sure the roots, you just have to full bury the seed and trust. Are you with me this morning? Is that you cannot half bury a seed. You have to full bury a seed. And that takes faith and sacrifice. With seeds to plant, to farm, you got to be all in with your seeds. You can't lay them on the top and hope something happens. Well, I can still see them. At any point, I could go back and pick it back up, but, but I'm just going to, I'm going to make sure that they're all there. So I'm kind of, you know, planting, but kind of not really. If you want to be all in, it takes faith 
and it takes sacrifice. It takes faith and it takes sacrifice. And this morning, as we look at being all in, that's really what I believe for our church. When it comes to our church, when it comes to our lives, when it comes to following Jesus, to be all in for the mission of Jesus Christ, to be all in for what he's called us for the harvest, to get to here, to get to where there's a harvest, to get to where there's beautiful fruit, to get to where, I mean, this is like healthy and strong, and this is only a couple months old, but there's already things coming forth. There's already things happening. To get here, we got to be all in for faith and sacrifice. And so I obviously I, I believe that Jesus best embodies that. And I love that Jesus talks about seeds and planting all the time. Because I feel like even if you don't know anything about um, like botany or gardening, like I feel like a seed is a basic metaphor that's lasted thousands of years, right? Like we all get it. And so I I my encouragement this morning is as we begin to unlock what Jesus says, that our hearts would be open to say, Lord, what are you gonna show me this morning about faith and sacrifice? Let's pray together. God, my prayer this morning is as we unpack your scripture and unlock your word and, and just dive in, God, I pray that you would open our hearts. There would be an openness, just a, a spirit of openness in this place. God, that you would begin to speak to us and reveal to us. God, that the part of our life, God, that you're just so desperate for us to be all in for the harvest. And God, how we can do that, Lord. Every person in this place is different. They come from different places, different backgrounds, and yet they serve the same God who loves them and you love them all the same. And so my prayer is that you would just reveal a depth of purpose and mission in our lives like we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. Is everyone still with me this morning? All right. If anybody would like to grow some pumpkins, it'd take 100 days to harvest, so you can have some pumpkin seeds after this. That's too long for me. That's a third of the year, y'all. <laughs> hey, I want to I read this morning out of uh, John chapter 12. So if you brought your Bibles, can you open to John chapter 12? If not, um, it'll be on, on the screen this morning. Uh, we'll have that up there. But John chapter 12, and again, this is Jesus talking, and he's, uh, he's sharing um, a lot in this scripture. But I'm just going to read you one section here. Um, because I only have two hours to preach this morning. So, um, no, I'm just joking. New people are like, dang it. I'm trying to go watch the Seahawks just crush the Cardinals this morning. I'll make you a deal, Cardinals fans. Here's my deal. Because I got to watch the Cardinals the rest of the year. This is the only game that's on TV. Cardinals fans, y'all got to show up. Like, you, you got to get red. Like, get all the way red. Wear jerseys. Get wild. Get mean. Get a little attitude. Like, I'll, I'll ha I got a Cardinals hat. I'll hang out with you guys. We'll, you know, have the big red rage or whatever it's called. We'll go nuts. But y'all got to get crazy. Stop letting these teams dominate your stadium. Come on. It's time to get nuts. I live here. Let's get crazy, people. Anyways, but today I'm a Seahawks fan. The rest of the year, I don't know. Uh, but let's read John chapter 12, and we'll get back on track. John chapter 12, verse 24 says this, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must also follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. See, no one's more in than Jesus, right? 
No one's more all in for the mission than, than Jesus. Jesus has had more skin in the game than anybody. He's been more all in than any, he's the He's the son of God, right? Jesus understands what it means to be all in. And Jesus knew as he's sharing here and as he's predicting, he knew the sacrifice that was waiting for him. Right, he knew what was coming up. He knew the crucifixion. He he knew what 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 was about to happen to him. That he, he was about to be led to the slaughter. Right, he he knew about this sacrifice that was coming, and so he gives this simple but profound statement here, and and it's full of a ton of things, but but it's so profound. And then he says, a single grain of wheat, unless a grain of wheat, a single seed falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. See, a single seed is just that, a single seed. No matter how long this seed, this pumpkin seed sits here, it will never make more pumpkin seeds right now. This seed could sit here for a hundred years and never make more pumpkin seeds. That's not how it works. And so Jesus knows that. The, the foundation is that you can hold that seed as tightly as you want. You could put it in the safest bank on earth, and yet what it's built to do is to die in the ground and bring up new life. Are you with me? That Jesus knew about his life, and, and what he's trying to express is that his life existed to, to be the single grain of wheat that would fall, die, and bring up a greater harvest. A, a, a massive harvest, a victorious harvest. And so he knew, Jesus knew, I have to be laid down like a seed, like a single seed of wheat. I have to be laid into a tomb because before there can be resurrection power and resurrection fruitfulness, there has to be death. That is just a principle of Jesus Christ in our life. And in order for there to be fruitfulness, in order for there to be resurrection power, there first has to be death. There first has to be the seed dying in the ground. And, and, and just as the seed was buried in death, so was Christ. If you didn't know that, that Jesus Christ loved you so deeply that he paid a debt that you could never pay and can never pay and was laid in the ground, that he was crucified with common criminals and he was laid in a tomb as though he was dead, right? But what happens? Just like if I take this seed and I put it in the ground, what's going to raise up? Is, this, is another seed coming up? No, a harvest is coming up. Is that Jesus, when he rises from the grave, brings up this beautiful, victorious, immaculate harvest that like the world has never seen, right? Obviously, everything has changed. Everything is different because of Jesus Christ. That Jesus understood just as a seed must die and be buried, so must Jesus. And just as a seed bursts forth in the new fresh life, so did Jesus Christ that he rose to a victorious harvest. But there had to be sacrifice and it took faith. Are you with me? To be all in requires faith, and it requires sacrifice. And I think we'd agree, those who, who have discovered that hope and love of Jesus Christ, maybe it's the first time you, you've ever even heard that someone valued enough to die for you before you were even born. And no matter what you've done, they, they, they've still loved you and lavished their affection upon you and desire you to live in the hope and freedom. Maybe that's the first time you've ever heard that. But when we hear that, we're thankful, right? Is anyone thankful for the goodness of Jesus Christ, right? That he died and, was, and rose again? I, I'm so thankful. And so we're thankful for what Jesus did in verse 24, but then he turns it on us. 
not turns it on us, turns it to us. That's a better way. Turns it to us. Is that Jesus in verse 25 instructs his followers. And read this verse again if you have your Bible or the words will pop back up on the screen. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Okay, just stop there. I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus is a savage. <laughs> Jesus is for real. And, and Jesus, this is the same Jesus who has these like moments of like, let the little children come to me. And there's like this comforting like lamb moment. And then it's the same guy who's like flips tables and is like, eat my body and drink my blood. And people are like, what, Jesus? Like, <laughs> and then, you know, like there'd be a crowd and they would get a little too too much and they would begin to, to not put it in proper perspective for the kingdom and then he would just say crazy things like if you don't deny your mother and father and follow me or sell all your belongings and then it says they would go away discouraged right Jesus is this great mix and dichotomy uh, uh, of of comforting and welcoming and all just, just like brutally honest and savage right I, I'm just like blown away like you read the scripture and you're just like wow Jesus like, I don't know that's how you grow a church but it is it is <laughs> Preaching the word of God is still the right way. And so he says in here, hate your life in this world. If you're like a, my mom was and you're a mom in this room, you're looking at your kid and you're like, no, we don't say hate. <laughs> we don't say. Jesus said it, but you don't get to say it. <laughs> don't say hate. <laughs> we tell Lucy, don't say hate. <laughs> well, Jesus said it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to lead your kids astray. Just to the word. Uh, <laughs> But this idea of hate, and I want to make sure we hit this, because it doesn't mean a disregard for your life, right? Um, one of my favorite quotes about humility is humility isn't thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less, right? Is that you meet people that are so hard on themselves and down on themselves and so self-degrading, and they're like, I'm so humble. It's like, you're somehow more prideful. You know, it's, it's not how it functions. It doesn't mean to hate or disregard your life more. It means uh, something, something more, in, more different and, and more important. And I want to make sure I outline this correctly, because I don't want you to leave thinking, I have to hate my life. Or if you hate your life, I don't want to think like you're crushing it now. I want you to realize this, is that your life is a precious seed. Your life is precious. Your life is one of the most precious gifts that you have. And you might have had a rough life because of things that have been done to you or decisions you made or things. But your life is still the most precious thing that you have. It's still the most precious gift that you've been given is your life. It is one of the most precious things that you could ever have or possess. And so when it says to hate your life, it's recognizing that it's a precious seed, but it's recognizing something else, something important, something special. Is that your life, when you lay down something so precious, when you reject something so precious and you say you're about God, is really faith and sacrifice. Right, our life like a seed is I could hold on to this seed and we could both, me and this seed, we could just be together as long as our little mortal frames would last. But eventually I'm going away. I jokingly told someone the other day, uh, they were asking about tattoos and how I'd feel when I'm old. And I, I'm old and I said, well, I'm going to live forever in heaven. So these are just temporary tattoos. <laughs> I got like another 60 years with these bad boys and it's eternity. <laughs> Amen, tattoo people. You're my people. <laughs> 
But, but I think that Jesus, is, he's not calling us to, to hate the precious gift of our life. He's saying to, to, to take what's so precious to us and not hold so tightly to the temporary, but to release it and to lay it down, to lay it down before him just like a seed, that our life is like a precious seed. But laying down our life, it, it means that we have the right perspective when it comes to eternity, that we're called to, though it's precious to us, it's the most precious thing we have, that when we choose to follow Christ, we're supposed to lay down what is most precious to us to receive what should be most precious, which is the eternity with him and the love of our Father and the love of Jesus Christ. And so the world tells you, get everything you can. Be all about yourself. Your life is precious, so be all about you, everything you can have. And yet Jesus turns it around and says, I know that your life is precious, but hate your life. What is he saying? He's saying, reject the temporary and embrace the eternal. He's saying, I know your life is precious to you, but your life is temporary. And I know, I know I'm in my own mind. And he looks at me and he says, Josh, I know you're in your own mind. And I know you're focused on yourself, but your life is temporary. And there's so much more. And you're meant to dwell in communion with me in heaven for eternity, worshiping the Lord, declaring his glory. And so right now, though it seems so big and it seems so precious, you're supposed to reject the temporary and grab on to the eternal, to reach for the eternal. And if I just hold this seed, it's going to decay. It's going to break down. It's going to come apart. But if I take what is precious to me and I lay it down and I let go of control and I let go of what I can see and know and, and, and I trust in faith and sacrifice that there's a greater harvest. See, the world is temporary, but we treat it like it's eternal. We, tr we act like this seed is going to live forever. If I told you, let's bet $1,000 this seed is going to live for all of eternity and for future generations, you, all of our generations will have this bet until this seed is either dissolved or, you know, they all worship it as some eternal being. You would take that bet 100 times because you know this seed is dying. This seed probably won't last the week. It's not going to last. And yet we think this world is eternal. But when we read Hebrews, Hebrews 11 says, all these people, when it's talking about what's called the hall of fame, like the hall of faith, right? Talking about people of faith in the Bible. At the end of it, it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They didn't get this yet. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, these great people we're going to share in a series about the Hall of Fame uh, of Faith uh, in the spring. And these people, they had faith in sacrifice. And so they might not have seen even the full harvest. Abraham was told to count the stars and that was to be his descendants. And yet Abraham did not have a star's worth of descendants immediately. He didn't see it, but he planted. Amen. But they had perspective that the world was not their home, that this is temporary, not eternal. And so you can stockpile in your life the, all the seeds you want. You could name this seed. Let's name it wealth. Let's name it talent. Let's name it time. Whatever it is for you, you can stockpile all these seeds with you, with you that you want, but you can't take it with you. And when you're at the end, they're gone. 
right? Look at the pyramids. That's probably the most famous tombs. I could not tell you one person buried in those tombs. And I don't care, if I'm being honest, because they're dead. And they're tombs, right? At the end of the day, no matter what they had, no matter what they brought with them into the pyramids, the wealth that they, that they loaded in there, it didn't go with them even though they thought it did. Trust me, when they got to the end, it didn't greet them, golden cats and all kinds of stuff. It wasn't there when they got there. It was gone. And so we can stockpile, but if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to see the beauty of the harvest, if we want to say in this life and in the next, we're following along with Christ, we're all in for the mission of Christ, that what we have to do is have faith in sacrifice. And no matter if we've done it before in our life, we need to plant again. And we need to take the seed that we've been given, the precious gift of our life, and we need to lay it down for him. And I'm not saying God's calling you to be crucified. I'm saying, and I hope you follow the metaphor, to lay our lives at the feet of Jesus, to lay it down for him. And what I love is that he ends this phrase because it's kind of like it hits you when you read this. And what I love is that he ends it with some promises in verse 26. It says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. I think anytime Jesus makes a promise, we should probably like perk up and pay attention. Right? It's like when the teacher calls you, you've been napping, but this is the moment. If you've been napping in the sermon, this is the moment. Spring to life. Jesus is making you a promise, and it's important in your life this morning. It, it, is that he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. But then he promises, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Can I tell you, to be a Christian is to serve Jesus. Like, what does it mean to, to, to do, to live life as a Christian? It means to serve Jesus. It, we get carried away thinking of all, all the different things, and, you know, we're like, oh, you know, what should I do when I follow Jesus? You know, should, should I quit my job and, like, move to inner city Hong Kong, and then, like, then I'll be serving Jesus? And I, I'm not saying that. I want to make sure when I'm saying bury the seed, that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is follow Christ to do all that you do as unto the Lord right? To lay your life down at your work. Do what you do as unto the Lord. You do it all as a servant to Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.23, and I'm going quick here just to make sure we get them all. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Verse 26, he says, where I am, my servant will also be. It refers to an eternal glory that you'll receive. So not only is he talking about on this earth and the harvest that we've talked about and the dreams we've talked about of this church, but he's talking about eternal glory. It comes from John 17, 24, where Jesus prays. He says, Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Think about that. There's the earthly blessing of the harvest and what we're believing. But even if you don't see that, even if you planted and you never saw this, you never saw this spring forth and all of its health and all of its beauty, you just did this and you put it into the dirt and you never saw this, there's still the promise that you'll be with Jesus. And, and there's the promise that the Father will honor you. And I want to make a special note here because this is so important to me. This is not conditional on salvation. Like you were saved by faith, not by works, 
right? I'm not saying if you don't plant your life, like, I'm not saying hey, you're not going to be saved, you're not going to heaven, it's like, or you're going to be in, like, heaven B, like, you know, second heaven, seventh heaven, you know, no. I'm not saying any of that. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm saying that this is a welling up of our spirit, our, our, it, our salvation is not based on works, but it says in Romans, it says in Romans 6.15, it says, What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves up to someone as an obedient slave, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that is now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. See, when you choose to follow Christ with your life and say, that's what I'm doing, I'm following Jesus. I'm laying my life down to him. What you're saying is, I, I'm not just in the weeds and in the open. You're saying is, I used to be a slave and a servant to sin. I used to obey it. I used to follow it. It used to own me, possess me, control me. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to be released by the power of Jesus Christ from this evil that tried to drag me down and tried to kill me and destroy me. And I'm going to devote and obey and devote my heart to Jesus Christ. Because when I devote my heart to him, I know that he's always good, that he's always faithful. And when I plant my life in his will, there's no rot, there's no decay, there's no destruction. It's only good soil. It's only hope. It's only life. And so I come back and, and I plant my life sacrificially and I respond to the love that Jesus gave me, not as working my way into heaven, but thank you, Jesus, that I get a chance to lay my, down, my life down. Because I don't know if you knew me before I knew Jesus, but man, I was angry and bitter and frustrated and vile, and yet God saved me and released me, and I still got issues, trust me, but yet God saved me, and my response is like, you know what, I'm going to take this tiny seed that honestly isn't really worth that much in my opinion, I'm going to take it, and I'm just going to put it in the ground, and I'm going to say, God, I lay it down to you, would you burst forth the harvest by, the, by your power, not my own? We can plant the seed. It's God who sends the rain and who's going to bring something good. It's the Holy Spirit falling. It's the power of the Lord who's going to release it. Do me a favor this morning. Uh, we're, not, we're not over yet, but just close your eyes for a second because I want us to kind of get perspective. I want you to imagine. I, I know this is a really big leap here, but I want you to imagine just standing before the Lord. Imagine, I, I know this is highly supernatural, it's the end of your life, and I, and I don't know how this breaks down, but just imagine standing before the Lord. And, and in this moment, you realize that God knows all your mess, all your sin, all your brokenness, and you're, you're overwhelmed by that. And yet when he looks at you, he doesn't see that. Come on, just picture for a second, he doesn't see that. The Corinthians says he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's covered you. He doesn't see those things. He sees you as, as the precious child that he loves and cares for. Come on with your eyes closed. You just picture that this morning. See the smile on his face. And he's looking at those who took this small life, this temporary thing, this small thing, 80 years, 90 years, 60 years, whatever it is, 50 years. He's looking at those that took that life and laid it down. 
and he looks at you in that moment, the God who sees all, who knows all, who knows you, who sees you, who sent his son to die for you, who paid the ultimate price for you, who values you more than you can ever know. And as you're overwhelmed by now the fullness of the love of God that you're experiencing, the fullness of God, he looks at you and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Your life was a seed and you laid it down, well done. Your resources were a seed and you gave it generously, well done. Your time was a seed and you surrendered it willingly, well done. Not only did you see an earthly harvest, but the Lord is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Just take a second. Ask God to give you a heavenly perspective this morning. Ask him to give you an eternal perspective. It's hard. We're finite beings. We're finite people. But say, God, give me, a temp- give me an eternal perspective. Just take a second real quick. Say, God, give me an eternal perspective this morning. He's saying, well done. You can open your eyes this morning. This is what I believe passionately, fully, is that your life is a seed. And, and I think, and because I've tried, you can hold it tightly for a while. But your tightest grip's not going to make it eternal. And you could stockpile a lot of them. Some of you got a lot of these seeds. They have different names, talent, wealth, whatever it might be. You, you, you can stockpile it, but it's not going to make it last. But if you lay it down in an act of faith and sacrifice, God promises there's going to be a harvest that bursts forth. I can't promise you what of it you're going to see, what stage this is going to look like, when you're going to see it. But I promise you because the Lord promises that when you lay it down, that it's part of a greater harvest that comes from him. And when you stand before him in eternity, he can look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to invite the band up this morning. There's a reason we use the phrase uh, all in when it comes to missions. There's a reason we say all in. Uh, because there's an idea, again, that you can't half plant a seed, that it takes our full heart, takes our full attitude to be all in. And one of the ways, obviously, that we, that we plant and that we send in those ways, and one of the seeds that we have is, is generosity and is money and is resources and is time and is serving, right? That's why we have a sign-up for the OCJ Kids training. That's why we have a sign-up for the Heart Encouragement training. That's why awesome people in our church are, are going to Thailand, Right? There's lots of ways that we're connected, and you're, we're all connected in different ways, and yet generosity is another one of those ways. Um, can I have one of those all-in cards? Can you grab that for me? Uh, we made these cards, and we called them commitment cards, but I, I want to think of it a little differently, and I shared this um, at a going-away thing for Dana and Bridget, is that I like to say this isn't a card, it's a seed. And that's how we have to think of our life. It's not a dollar, it's a seed, right? This isn't an hour of my time that I've basically sold to my employer for this amount of money and I'm gonna get that in return, right? That, that'll bum me out when you realize like how you're selling your life. But what gives you hope is when you say, no, this isn't an hour of work, this is a seed right? This isn't an hour of my time. This is a seed. This isn't helping someone move. This is a seed. This isn't a dollar in my bank account. This is a seed. Whatever that is that that God has given, this isn't a talent in my life. This is a seed. This isn't a card. This isn't just a church that wants to do things and, and brag about it and stuff like that. This is a seed, 
right? This is a seed that when we plant it, you know what this seed is going to do? This seed is going to go and it's going to bring a harvest in the lives of foster care kids who are lost and forgotten in group homes. It's going to bring joy and life to the people that tireless, tirelessly serve in those group homes. This isn't a seed for our glory, for our benefit. This is a seed that is going to train, equip, and send people into cancer treatment centers and other treatment centers all around the valley to care for those who are crying out for hope. When you have an hour of work or a dollar, this isn't a card. It's, It's a seed for that purpose. And so often when, when we're thinking about money, we think in the way of like, oh, well, that's, that's three lattes a week. I don't want you to think what it's costing you there. I don't want you to think about what you have to give. I want you to think about what God's going to do with it. Because trust me, that's way more sustaining, right? If you say, oh, this is a latte, blah, blah, I mean, yeah, sure, I, I agree with you. And that's decent motivation. But it, it's not enough for me, if I'm going to be totally honest, because then I'll just go buy the latte anyways. <laughs> For me, it's enough to say, this isn't a card, it's a seed. And when we plant this seed in Bangkok, Thailand, you know what this seed is doing? It's bringing up a harvest that establishes value and freedom for young 15-year-old girls who were caught in sex trafficking. It's not a card, it's a seed. Are you with me this morning? And I'm not saying this to guilt you. I'm saying it to, to hopefully compel the, the generosity of your heart that says, rethink the way you see your temporary and reach for the eternal because you've been given a small amount of time, a small amount of resources, a small amount of effort, a small amount of talent, whatever it is. And yet God has put you in this church because united, if we all plant, we can get a big harvest. If we all seed, if we all, if we all plant it, we can get a harvest. We can't control it. We, we release it. We have faith. It takes sacrifice. Sacrifice hurts sometimes. But it's not just a card. It's a seed. It's eternal. I'm going to make an eternal investment. See, this isn't just a card. It's a seed. It's a seed that meets a young person at ASU or U of A or New Mexico or Northern Arizona State. It meets them in the moment where they are the lone and the most confused it meets them with a harvest of the hope of Jesus Christ it's not a card it's a seed it's not a missions movement it's a planting it's not for our glory it's for his that's why it goes in and goes out I'm believing in this church and my wife and I we have a card too it's filled out it's in my office and I'm believing in a great harvest, but I know in my short gardening experience that if you want to harvest, you got to plant. And that is the reality. And I know people talk about churches talking about money, but I'm unapologetic. It takes money to do stuff. And so my, I'm not going to do any, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that my family would not do. But I believe in a harvest. And if we want to see a harvest, then we got to plant again. We're living in a harvest right now. I don't know if you knew that. Some people seeded in at one point to this church. There's a church in the Northwest. Is a good friend of mine. Seeded in $1,000 a month to make this church happen. Never been, even been to Arizona. But it's time, it's time to plant again. It's time to seed. And this isn't a card, it's a seed. And so I, I, your seed might look like this. It might look like an avocado seed. It might look like a basil seed, whatever, you know, whatever your scale is, right? That, that's okay. This is not a commitment to me. I don't care what you write on here. 
I believe that the Lord is doing something, and my prayer is that the Lord would stir up in your heart. We support 24 missionaries all around the world. We support local missionaries, local systems, Phoenix Outreach. In fact, even uh, this Christmas, you know, if we're believing. Uh, we're working with an outreach in Garfield that reaches 5,000 people and families in need and gives out toys and connection. Uh, all the trainings that we have, all the things going on. But again, it all takes us to say it's a church of planting. We can't just plant incidentally. We have to plant with all of our heart and be all in. So I'm going to do this because I, I believe in the stirring of the Holy Spirit, not the pressure of the pastor, is uh, I, I'm going to have the band play. And here's what I want you to do. Um, just maybe get in the spirit. Maybe you got to close your eyes or, or bow your head. If you brought your card from last week, already filled out, great. I'm going to have the ushers pick them up in just a second. But and you can whisper to your spouse and ask them what you want to do. And again, this isn't like legally binding. We're just going to send you an email and you can go online and fill it out. Um, but I want to encourage you to, let's just take a moment, a prayerful moment, and pray and say, God, what are you calling me to seed? What are you calling me to seed in? What are you calling me to commit? And again, if this is your first time at being our church, I honestly, no, I, I pray that you don't get any pressure from me on any of these things. I hope you hear my heart. But also, if it's your first time and you're saying, I want to make an internal investment and impact, boom, day one, dig in. That's fine with me. Amen. Doesn't go to me. So I just want to take a second. I'm going to pray, and, and we're just going to take a moment. I just want to encourage you to hold that card in your hand, maybe with your head closed, eye, you know, eyes, or eyes closed, head bowed. Take that pen that's in the front. And just begin to fill it out in this moment. If the Lord's leading you to put something, you can put one time, you can put annually, you can put monthly. And if you're being led this morning, pray, God, direct my heart and how I can be all in for your mission. Maybe you already give, that's okay. Whatever it is, just write it. I'm gonna pray. God, I pray right now, just an openness in our heart. Lord God, we wanna plant again. We want to plant again. We want to take this seed of our life, this small seed. We don't know how long we're going to have it. We don't know how long we're going to possess this precious gift that is our life, that is our resources, that is our time. But God, we're just laying it down. We're, we're putting it somewhere. We're uh, uh, in the ground. God, we're burying it, believing that if we follow after you, we'll see the harvest like you promised. And so, Jesus, I pray that out of the obedience that's here today, that there would be a mighty harvest in the name of Jesus.